The couch potatoes are taking over the mediocre golf association. Lightning strikes twice as Tampa Bay wins its second straight Stanley Cup. And Major League Baseball heads into the All-Star break. Who are the surprise teams from the first half? And who's going to win the home run derby? Do chicks still dig the long ball? Nice. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend last weekend. We sure did. We took the weekend off. But we are absolutely... You got all your, finger, got all your fingers and toes? I had a little burnage. Let me check. Little burnage. Right, I got all my fingers and toes. Little burnage. Oh, we Look at that. Look at that. Thumb all gnarled up. Yeah. Yeah, rookie. I buy fountains for the kids at a respectable, safe. Legal. Yeah, totally legal. And nearly burnt my fingers off. The smoke grenade lights on its own. It looks like a real well, grenade. That's because you're a douche canoe, my friend. So I grab it and I pull on it and the thing lights up in my like my fingertips. It was not good. Kids liked it. Like, Dad, your hand's on fire. And it's full of smoke. Uh, now. Nice. Yeah. My hand was. Well, you're a nurse. I'm sure you, you know, had something. I licked it. That you could have quickly. Oh, is that how you do it? That's at the, how, that's at, how at you do it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hit it Sounds and quit good. it. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully. There you go, T-Dog. I don't have yeah. one today. Ice cold. But we haven't had a podcast, like a true podcast, like, you know, everyone's on the same page and in probably a few weeks, actually. But I definitely wanted to make sure we had a really good one this week. And we have a lot to talk about because a lot has been happening out there in the sports land. And definitely we need to talk a little MGA because that happened today. Actually, you know where it happened? What's at? the MGA? Mediocre Golf, my friend. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. Mediocre Golf Association. Um, it's it's by far one of the uh, best places to golf when you suck. And, and believe me, suck. we all do a little sucking. So I got a chance to play with uh, Clint Cartwright and Joe Nielsen. And let me tell you something. It was nice playing with somebody who shot a 78. That was real nice. Holy it's shit. Supposed to be that's mediocre. A, that's not very mediocre, <laughs> sandbagger. Yeah, no, total sandbagger. You know, it helps to be like 6'2". It helps to Why be... Why does that help? What difference does it make? I'll tell you. Because you don't have to swing hard. Oh. Your arms are longer. It's nice. It, you know, it's pretty down the middle every time. What do you want so from me? short, fat, little potato frame is having trouble getting the ball down the middle. Is that what we're saying here? Is that where this is leading? It was brutal. So you didn't shoot a 78. I didn't shoot a, I, I did not shoot a 78. Now, folks, we're not going to talk about what I scored only because the T-Dog is going to be playing some golf for MGA. I'm finally taking on the MGA, baby. North Dallas, folks. 
North Dallas chapter. That's right. Where are we playing? I don't even know. I don't even know where we're playing. I know it's somewhere up north, North Dallas. Yeah. You so, got it? I, do I got it? No. Do you want me to look it up for you? I mean, you're the one that's supposed to be. You paid seventy dollars, my friend, to go play. You know what I paid? I paid hey, forty five. Paid forty five hey, bucks. Financial news getting out there for our fans. <laughs> they have no. They have no. Business How about this? No, when I when I spend my money. Wait on. a minute. You're gonna. You're gonna play. Your score is going to be more than your what you paid for that course. Probably what might even no be more question. than what you and your buddy will pay for that course. No, 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 no. No, one hundred and forty dollars. No, no, no. I'm, oh, I, now I'm you're throwing it out there. Forty. I'm not going to shoot a one forty. But yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually going to be able to play with the Prez. Oh, okay. he lined me up in his in his I guess his foursome. So there you go. All right. Well, he always liked so the nice bald man, so you should fit right in. So today's golf was actually, uh, we played at uh, Painted Desert. I'm sure you've played that course before, huh, Tito? I have, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a friend that used to live on that course, and I definitely didn't hit his house, but I'm sure Clint Cartwright did. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, he actually only shot like an 88. This, guy's, uh, this guy generally shoots in the low 80s. Sometimes he gets DQ'd. But you know who did get DQ'd was our Joe uh, Nielsen. Totally got DQ'd. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. But you remember I brought up his name before, Richard Cardozi? Okay. He shot an 83 and won won the tournament. Now, for some reason, Richard Cardozi has no penalty strokes. Either he, he said that he was a sucky golfer, because I think he was saying out on the course... That you know, how come somebody with uh, that that shoots scratch golf or bogey golf doesn't win it? Well, if it's a 72, 83, that's pretty close. It's pretty close to bogey golf, and he ended up winning uh-huh. it. Most mediocre wow. goes out to Brian Sweeney. The biggest blow up dude went to Mike Sliff. He had a thirteen stroke meltdown from the front <laughs> nine to the back nine. Ouch. 13 strokes. Boggs and Nielsen both got DQ'd. Low round of the day. And the red key goes to Julius Rigoloni, who shot a solid 118. So there you go. Nice. The MGA is in full effect. We do want to, I do want to, on a somber note for the MGA, we have one of our members last week. uh, His name is uh, Rob Melvin. We call him the dude. Uh, he did pass away of cancer last week. So we put a little shout out. You know, they cracked that bear. Uh, a little shout out for old Rob, the dude. Uh, we miss you. And, uh, well, you wow. won't be stinking up our courses anytime soon. Just saying. Just saying. A little too soon. Condolences. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. But we love him and we will miss him. So uh, our El Presidente, Eric Lamont, he had a, you know, I think he made it in the money. I think he did okay. I mean, he shot. Oh, did he? Did he shoot a ninety-four? I can't remember. He shot. He shot kind of low. He was kind of all right. It's kind of you know, it was okay. But uh, it was good seeing the boys out there. We had a really good time. And and uh, today's round, we had fifty-eight solid mediocre players, besides two that actually got DQ'd. Actually, we're pretty good. 
Of course, I got stuck with one of them. So it was a tough act to follow. It was tough act in Tenactin. Tough act in Tenactin? I knew that was coming. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you're going to be up next week. And then next week's podcast, I'll tell you my score. You tell me your score. And we'll we'll break it down, see how we did. Well, this is the North Dallas FU Open. I'm not quite sure what the FU stands for, but um, I'm willing to bet it means fuck you. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I'm no. It's got to be. Come no, on, man. I think it's like fun. Um, really, the, uh, this is going to be an exciting. It's at the Bridges Golf Club in Gunter, Texas. Okay. G-U-N-T-R, Gunter. Um, and a lot of winnings out there for the taking. The uh, purse overall is $7.50, so that's pretty <laughs> exciting. <laughs> and I believe I believe it is a shotgun start at 8 a.m., and I'll be making it out there with Jer- uh, Jeremy Ramey and Greg Madrid, who I believe Greg is the chapter leader. Well, Jeremy probably thinks otherwise, just saying. I've seen know. his comments. Just... He's, he, he gets a little bitchy when he's <laughs> When you don't mention his name, so let's make sure that we mention his name, Jeremy. Yep. So we'll be, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I'm willing to bet I will be bringing the average player score down <laughs> once they figure in my score. Um, uh, but you know what? Just gonna go out and have some fun. Start drinking beer at eight o'clock in the morning. Sounds like a sounds like a good Saturday. No, it sounds like a great Saturday. And is Ed your buddy? Is his last name either me off? Or is it Douche Canoe, or is it Buster? Which one are we going with? Well, it's Buster, but, um, I mean, it could be Douche Canoe. That's what I call him. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be your playing partner, by the way. Yeah, and, you know, thankfully he'll probably shoot worse than me. So, I I know I won't be the worst golfer at the North Dallas FU Open. Yeah. But uh, I think that'll probably go to him. Or whoever else, the other mediocre douche canoes that are going to be out there. But it's going to be fun. I plan on having a great time. Well, I am too, and I, you know, I get a kick out of Jeremy when he does his posts uh, in our group texting. You know, texting. You know, oh, uh, fu is freedom and unity. By the way, whoops. <laughs> uh, so you were super close. By the way, I was. Yeah, yeah. Freedom, unity, fu. I. I that, that was my second guess. So and, hey, and I know that Eric Lamont wants me to say that Vegas is the best chapter in all of the land. And uh, they're up to 94 total players. I think that that's a drop from the previous year. They were up to 125. I don't know what North Dallas has for, for players, but uh, 94 is... Res- we, have, we have 95. So, so it's very respectable. Actually, we have 96 now that we added two. I mean, well, you're coming out. You call you're, yourself the greatest in the land if you've lost 30-something people. We That's are the, we are the greatest in the land, and we can choose our colors uh, mono, what is yeah. it, monochromatic uh, or whatever you want to call it. What's, what's he playing with this time? A purple shirt and a, and a green, green shorts? Is that what we're going <laughs> I, with? I think he was playing. That's the Hulk. <laughs> there you go. It's the Hulk. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, purple pants and a green shirt. That's the Hulk. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, get ready, guys. If you're interested in playing for the MGA, especially for next season, uh, just go to mgatour.com. You heard it here. 
on Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Tell your friends about Monday Morning Couch Potatoes because we're the greatest podcast of the land, just so you know. Just saying. We're one of the that best. That sounds fair. Yeah. Of the land. I don't know that there's a lot of podcasts out there called Couch Potatoes. Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. There's, a, mon- so. there's a Monday Morning Podcast. I think it's by Bill Burr. Burr? I think his is called Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh, no, excuse me, Monday Morning Podcast. Now, I had no idea about that. I was just told by uh, one of the players at MGA, he's like, you know, there's a Monday there's a Monday, morning, a Monday po- morning podcast. Yeah. Bill Burr, the comedian? Yeah, the comedian. Oh, there you go. So I said, well, fuck him. Uh, it, this is Monday <laughs> Morning Couch Potatoes. You get it, and you get it right. Don't be throwing some other, somebody, somebody else's podcast there in there. Yeah, we're out there with potato heads. It's all good. You know, because at the end of the day, here's what we're coming with, baby. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. Straight cash, homie. All right, so uh, let's talk some MLB. I know you have been following on some Major League Baseball. I know I have been following with some Major League Baseball. You've got your Cubs. You've got to talk a little bit about your your Dallas or, yeah, your Texas teams. but Texas Rangers. It's, uh, man, it's... Like it's been, it's the ups and downs this year for Chicago teams. It's been pretty tough. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, now we're heading. Yeah, now we're heading into the All Star break. So it's the half, you know, the kind of halfway point of the season. It's definitely they they they've played more than halfway through. But this is the midsummer break, right, for uh, Major League Baseball, and it has been a a, a crazy season. Um, the hitting is brutal, right? I mean, strikeouts are way up. Um, average is way down, and pitchers are enjoying some, or have been up to this point, enjoying some phenomenal success. I mean, you look at Jacob deGrom, and he's challenging the the season Bob Gibson had in whatever it was, 64 or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, ER with his earned run average, and he's still doing it. I mean, he's still doing well. I actually watched him pitch the other day. Um, but, yeah, it's been a weird season, and part of it's been that whole – sticky spider tack bullshit that's been going on. Yeah. You know, you've heard of this, right? The, the sticky on the baseball um, and you know, the major league baseball in the middle of the season cracking down and, and spin rate, you know, did you ever even think spin rate was a major thing in the NFL? I mean, well, in the NFL, I don't know. Guy, I don't know. Or, in the MLB. Oh, MLB. MLB. Sorry about that. Okay. I'm a stats geek, dude, but seriously, these guys are like, is it, they're, they're looking at how many time, uh, how many RPMs the ball spins before it crosses the plate. So MLB like 2022 actually, is going to have spin rate on their the games now. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Spin, you know, because you know now that they took away the the sticky shit, they're like, okay, is this, you know, now that they broke they. I don't understand um, why. Why is first off they changed the ball, right? They changed. They did, mm-hmm. and, and I don't understand what what the urgency is to change to really enforce the sticky. I mean, at least it's not the stinky, but well, but that's in the middle of the season. That's the stinky. Well, that's the thing. That's why it's been such a a controversy as far as the midseason crackdown is concerned. Because I mean, it's always been a rule. Right, I mean, it, it's it. There's always been a rule well, sure. in place that you can't doctor the baseball. I mean, you just of course, can't. but there, that, there's there's things that that have always been acceptable, known. You know what I mean? 
Right. Even and, so, and that, even so, you still have your your most prolific. Now, granted, there was the roids, but you had prolific, prolific, prolific. Thank you. Home runs. Prophylactic. What yes. Okay. Tough actin to actin. Home <laughs> runs. You know, in the nineties, early two thousands. I mean, they were using then. Now. It's one countering the other, but I mean, seriously, what uh, what aggravates me the most is why are we doing it in the season? And I understand that you're trying to crack down. Okay, get it, but do you crack down off season. Start fresh right from the beginning. Don't start four months into the season. And say, you know, we better start cracking down. I mean, we we got this new ball out there, and you know, pitchers are just ridiculously, you know, their spin rates are up. I mean, like right. nobody's paying any attention to spin rate. Now, well, now, probably... a little, um, a little interesting fact, though, or not fact, but uh, have you put some thought into it? I, I heard an interview, and I think it might have been Degrom. Maybe I can't remember who the pitcher was, but he goes. The problem is, is we're used to this product. It was obviously legal for them to have it. They were using it, right? It wasn't like it was banned from the actual facility, and. Pitchers through with that type of grip in their hand, and now they have to either adjust arm angle or they have to adjust grip, um, which is which is potentially putting them at risk for injury because they have to throw differently. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, let's face it. This is you talked about the Major League Baseball. Why are they doing it in the middle of the season? Of all the leagues, the, baseball is the most reactive, especially and during the season, right? I mean, let's face it, hit, hitting has gotten scarce. And when you talk about Major League Baseball and all the changes they try to make the, game, make the game better for the fans, and a lot of times they stumble, like the timing shit, you know, where they're timing people that are outside the at-bat and timing pitchers, that's all garbage. Yeah, speed up the game but, a little bit. Yeah. But do people want to come and see, you know, one nothing games with 15 strikeouts? I mean, because hits have got strikeouts are, are are way too easy to come by right now, you know. So it makes the you know right now, it's going to make the guys on the mound a little little frustrated. And you got your like your Trevor Bauer who came out and thought it was stupid to do it mid mid um, uh, season. mid season. Yeah, uh, Max Scherzer had something to say about it. Several other pitchers did, um, you know. And it show there has been a slight albeit not not major, but a slight uptick in offense since they put these into effect. Okay. And that's, you know, Major League Baseball is going to look at that and say, oh, it's a, you know, it's something that we think, you know, obviously you, what we decided to do is working. Yeah, but right? do you do you want to see a one nothing game or are you more, are you that fan that has to see a 15-13 game just like the White Sox had recently it was like 15-13. Is that more of the game you want to see, or do you want to see some control? You know, you want to see something special. You know, like seeing, like I think of Kerry Wood and his 20 strikeouts, and he yeah. had the slurve, right? He Love probably wasn't rolling shit. sticky. So the question Wait. is, do, are, you, are you more interested in just watching, you know, perfection or, say, Mark Burley, who pitches a perfect uh, game at a, like a minute and, th- uh, excuse me, an hour and like 30 minutes. Or do you want to see a 15, 13 game that, that's taking you five hours? 
to play. Well, and I think that's part of the whole question of why do it in the middle of the season. You know, do you true do they, have they done enough to truly because you know there's a a pre the Japanese league they use a pre-tacked ball. It's already tacked in a in a sense, right? They actually the Major League Baseball actually tested this ball to use it back in I don't know, four or five years ago, they looked at it. But the pitchers were not cool. They weren't excited about it. Well, that's because they were already using their own shit. I mean, this has been in the game for a long time. Correct. Right? And, you know, some of these pitchers that came out, I mean, Garrett Cole, basically, that guy, you don't want him, he better not be doing anything for the mob because that guy cracks under pressure, man. <laughs> he was questioned and he was just like, uh, I don't know, you know. It's like, come on, dude. So I don't know. I, it's it's a frustrating. I think that you know when you they started saying like oh you know well guys you're going to get hit you know I think Tyler Glass now the Tampa Bay pitcher was the one who came out and said uh, you know I I had to your point you were making about injuries he says his elbow injury was because of he had to give up the sunscreen and the rosin right yeah well nobody told him he couldn't use the rosin I mean there's a rosin bag on the back of the mound for a reason yeah right yeah keep your hands dry. You know, whatever. Um, but, you know, this is just something It's just really frustrating to have it kind of going on in the middle of the season. If they really do, they really know, you know, is this like the claim that the pitchers are making? Hey, this is keeping me from hitting guys in the head. Is it really, though? I mean, it's not like, you know, is it really? I mean, if it really is, think about that. Does that mean we've been using it? You know, how 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 often have hit by pitches gone up or down. Has anybody looked at that? Like, did we have more hit well, by pitches when they started cracking down on using the sticky stuff? Well, uh, you know? Sports Illustrated actually had an article, What's Behind Baseball's Hit by Pitch ep- ep- Epidemic? So this was mm-hmm. uh, written uh, May 17th. So this was a couple, you know, like a month and a half ago. About a month ago. Uh, two months ago, yeah. And uh, they were really p- talking about Corey Sager, Joey Votto, just getting injured. Um, and Acuna. It, Acuna. Acuna just got smacked like six or seven times yeah. by the Marlins. Like the six or seven. He's like, all right, seriously, guys, what the? And it says, Stop you know, hitting it's, me. Jeez. Yeah. It says it caused Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, uh, uh, Acuna Jr., Shohani uh, to leave the games or miss time. It has Ohtani. made base. Otani. Well, I didn't say his last name. I said his first name. Yeah, but you, you said his first and his last name. It's, it's not first. His first name's not Shohani. It is. Otani. No, well, it's S-H-O-H-E-I. That's his first name. Whatever it is. I don't even care. It is. So it made baseball today more dangerous for hitters than any other time in the past 120 years. I'm trying to see if it. Oh, here. Here we go. So batters are getting hit at a rate of almost one of every game. The four most dangerous seasons for hit by pitchers since uh, the AL joined the NL in 1901. Uh, are this year at 0.92 batters per game, last year at 0.92, and the year before. So it's, and the year before that. So every year for the last four years, it has gone up. It's been going up consistently. So have they, have they been cracking down for the last four years on no. what pitchers can use? No. That's kind of the point of, that goes against the pitcher saying, well, hey, it's keeping me from hitting guys in the head and shit like that. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. No, no. I'm you know, sa- it's letting yeah. you drop that it's letting you drop that that sinker out of the zone a lot harder than it normally would. 
also, you're absolutely right. And also they're saying, you know, the average fastball velocity is 93.3 miles per hour up from 92.8. So they're throwing faster and throwing harder, mm-hmm. yeah. which tends to be you, you have more, you're going to have more inaccuracy, right? And, um, but fastball use is down sharply from 54.5% three years ago to 50.5%. And fastballs are increasingly less to blame for hit by pitches three years ago. Mm. And then it says something about armor. This is the biggest reason why hit by pitch rates are going, are growing. More and more batters are wearing protective guards. Yeah, guards on their lead elbows and upper arms, sometimes both. The guards create a confidence. Yeah, Yeah. the confidence, baby. You hit me and it's not going to hurt that bad. Correct. And encourage hitters not to attempt. Um, did you see? Did you see? There was a guy who did get suspended, though he got caught with something. That's the other thing that's crazy about this shit is they found something on his glove, and he said it was it was rosin and and sunscreen. I mean, I, I'm, I it's all legal. Yeah, and they said yeah, but you can't have it on your glove hand. It can't be on the glove hand. So that's why they suspended him, Hector Santiago. I think uh, I forgot which team he plays for. Yeah, but make- he got suspended. They took his glove and they sent it to Major League Baseball so they could test it or whatever. He's like, yeah, they tested it. It's going to be, you know, shit. It's going to be rosin and sweat and and uh, sunscreen. But even if they take it back there and test it, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that he had it on his, his glove hand, which makes no uh, sense. Hand. Not well, a throwing hand. Like so, yeah, no, oh, because you can have access to it with your throwing hand. Access it. to it, yeah. While you're while you're throwing, so Good I mean, call. it's a, just a, a way. The they're just like this is the reason you're getting kicked out, and he got suspended for ten games. Which, you know, if any player's caught with anything like that, there, I think that's usually what the first thing is. But I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the second half of the season plays out. I mean, you had guys like Garrett Cole, who specifically had his uh, he struggles. Yeah. You know, it's clear his struggles have been since that June outing. Now, is it because he's not using the spider tax shit, or is it because it's in his head? Ardolis Chapman, yeah. the Cubs hero from the yeah. World Series, he's struggling as well. I mean, his ERA has climbed up close to five since the ban, and, you know, they suspended all his minor leaguers and everything else. So it's going to be interesting to see those guys as they kind of go forward to the second half. And it's almost like you see that kind of stuff where you're if you have a bad outing, all of a sudden now you're you're guilty of um you know potentially having something Juicy. Out, you, know, you had something, something before yeah. yeah yeah you know and that which was which was what a lot of the um you know the big power hitters in the late 90s you mentioned it earlier the late 90s and the 2000s with all the home runs a lot of the legitimate power hitters had to deal with the questions they had to deal with the the people squinting their eyes thinking hmm is that guy you know like freaking Frank Thomas Look at the shit that they're like, okay, well, obviously we know why Frank's hitting home runs because he's probably juicing, right? Did he? Did he, he ever had, come did he ever come across? No, no, no of course he so. didn't. No. And but if, but he had to deal with it during that time. Yeah. A lot of other really good hitters had to deal with it during that time. Like But Frank Thomas you know, look, was well, I'm 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 reflecting back on his rookie card. I was gonna say he was kind of a big guy, but really he was just as skinny as um uh Bonds. I think Bonds was actually skinny. I mean, I'm not, I, you know, I can't say whether he did or didn't. Point being, though, there's no proof that he did. And he, he's, 
widely considered one of the cleaner, one of the, you know, a clean baseball player that just was really freaking amazing. Yeah. And, but he still had to deal with all the questions. Yeah. You know, and all the, but all the wandering, you know, the, but eyes, what's interesting, you know, people. So, yeah. But what's interesting is now that his season is over, though, bud, he's been pushing Broids. He's been pushing, you know, that over counter stuff. Who? Frank Thomas? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. How, how does he know about any of that stuff? Well, it's like Brian Urlacher pushing the hair. You know, now that he's not in football and doesn't use bald head anymore, he actually has hair product. So he's pushing some hair product in Chicago. It's all he about the like money, a baby. Freaking dipshit with hair, by the way. <laughs> I, now, I mean, he, well, he's not that menacing, you know, linebacker yeah, that's going to well. rip your head off because he he needed hair at the time. So um, been, you know what? I, I will say though, even beyond that, um, you know, with all the sticky situation of this going on, you know, going into the All Star break, a lot of. Amazing stories are out there. Show Shohei Otani or yeah. Show Shotani, whatever you want to call him. Which actually put the two names together. Shotani sounds pretty badass. So I think you should. We should go with that. Shotani. Um, but Shotani. I mean, you know, I saw something the other day where I forgot who it was that said it, but they basically said, "How is this guy not already the most valuable player in baseball? He's one of the top pitchers in baseball." Yeah. Leads the league in home runs. He's an unbelievable hitter. He's doing on the mound what nobody else is even attempting to do in Major League Baseball right now, and that's pitch and have a regular, you know, uh, round of at bats well, to be considered. You know, that's I mean, not true. Think about it. No, no. What do you mean it's not true? It's not. It's not necessarily true. I mean, I did see Glavin and Maddox hit some long balls out there. Oh come. On, dude, seriously, <laughs> warm that freaking smack wagon over because you're about to get your ass run over. Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox. I saw a commercial. Couldn't even hold Shotani's jock when it comes to behind the plate. Come on, Otani's got 33 home runs going into the All Star break run. He he is by he, far he's dominant. Okay, I get it. He has hit more home runs so far this season than any Japanese born player has hit in the major leagues yeah. in history. He's he's Babe in Ruth. the whole season. He's Babe he Ruth reincarnated. Really co- I mean, he ultimately and here's the thing, just real quick, here's the thing that's that's why I'm excited about this because when he came into the league, this is what people the, the season he's having right now is what people wanted him to have, but all the naysayers are going, There's no way. Yeah. Nobody can do that. Number one, it's a hard to manage. You know, I got hats off to Joe Madden to just kind of figure out the best way to manage that. But it's hard to manage to ensure you don't get the dude hurt, even though that sounds weird. Like you think, what? Why do we have to worry about him getting hurt? He's a major league baseball player. He's he's in great shape. He should be able to go out and do those things. You know, he pitches. You're gonna have, give him the day off before and after, whatever. But he's pulling it off, and there's not a lot out there that that can or well, they can't hold. They can't. Work. Yeah, they can't. The only, no. the only one not from a. Well, I think of like two sport guys, not from pitching per se, like Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, something like that, who who can do a two sport. I almost feel like he's doing a two sport thing, right? He's hitting yeah. for power and he's pitching for power, and uh, right. he's doing it no problem. And uh, he's actually going to be. He's one of the headliners. Uh, plus, he's going to go and play in the uh, home run derby, so that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, 
Now, I think anybody that's out there that's watching baseball, this is the kind of guy that he thinks like a hitter, so his pitching should be he's a hitter. He's like, yeah, this is what I would be expecting. The fastball, and but not I'm, surprisingly, he's yeah, not surprisingly, he's the top seed in that uh, home run derby. A pitcher, you know, there's always a first for everything. <laughs> who's going to win the home? Who you think is going to win that home run derby? Um, well, do you have it up uh, as far as who's in? Yeah, the- you got. So you got first round would be Shohei Otani against Juan Soto, the right fielder from the Washington Nationals. Yeah, Shohei. Uh, he's a really good young hitter. Yeah, I think Shohei wins that. And then you got Salvador Perez against Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso coming from the New York Mets. That's a four and five. Ranking. I like Alonso. I like Alonso. Alonso, I think, could win there. You got Joey Gallo against Trevor Story. Two interesting stories right there, no pun intended. I mean, obviously, Trevor Story, is he potentially going to be traded from the Rockies this year? Joey Gallo going to be traded um, from the Rangers. But there you go. You got Gallo. Wait, wait, wait. Did you Story. say Joey Gallo? Not Joey Joey Gallo, G-A-L-L-O, not, not oh, Joey Gallo. Yeah, Gallo, yeah, right? Joey Gallo's dead. This <laughs> is Joey Gallo. Got it. Okay. All Gallo does is hit home runs and strike out. So he's either going to hit a ton of home runs you know, he's or, he's strike out. To, or he's going to strike out in the home run derby. Here it is. Here's how you sound. Pretty bad. The uh, pitcher is throwing a nice 74-mile-an-hour slow ball, and whoosh, oh, there's the, the yeah. swing and the miss. Joey Gallo has struck out. Actually, I think Gallo wins that first round. And then you got Matt Olson against Trey Mancini. I think Matt Olson wins. Hey, I, I like the Mancini well. out there. I like the Mancini as the opportunist. But go. we will see. I'm not keeping yeah. – I'm not writing it down. But I think a final – no, I'm not either. But I think a final with Otani against Gallo would be pretty good. That'd be, I think that yeah. would be pretty nice. Yeah, that'd be pretty, or story. pretty interesting. Or even story. I would be yeah, I'd be down Trevor for story. story. Yeah. Um, so now Cubbies. Well, I was, yeah, yeah. Cubbies, White Sox. Let's talk a little bit about the Cubs and the White Sox and then just a few surprises from the first half. Cause I think that's, there's definitely been some, like I said, some really interesting, um, you know, player stories out there. We talked a little bit about Jacob deGrom and what he's doing for the New York Mets. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Um, some other guys out there as well. Uh, you've got, you know, it, you've got these young guys that are out there. Fernando Tatis from San Diego. You remember that, that issue with that, um, the guy from the White Sox had Mercedes. Yeah, when he hit the home run when it was garbage time or whatever. Yeah, didn't you just say he just got sent down too? Yeah, yeah, they sent him yeah. down because he's been um, hitting like a buck forty five or, you know, uh, really he's he's not been playing well or he's not been hitting. I cu- think he's hitting enough, but not to not to the head coach's liking, to the, well, to the manager's liking. He's, he's come back down to earth, right? I mean, remember he was hitting like four hundred of his mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his first eight at bats. Yeah, it was a great story. First eight at bats were hits, and there was home runs. He had power, and but here's the thing, though. Once again, and we've we've hashed this, and I won't get into it for uh, for the argument's sake here. But we've hashed this on previous uh, episodes or an episode. You can't go after a kid that's that. Times have changed. We already said that, and since that point, when Larusa said, you know, he just did what he wanted to do, you know, and, and then gave him a hard time about it. He hasn't really been the same. I think it really got into his head, which is kind of depressing because uh, at the time the White Sox had so many, and they still do have so many injuries. Uh, you need guys like that. Next man up mentality, man. That's what you need. 
And that's yeah. what you had. That's exactly what you had. And uh, for the White Sox sakes, that's what we're seeing. Next man up mentality, man. And they are coming up, and they are coming up strong, hitting home runs. Like that kid Sheets, he was two sheets to the wind, man. Flew one right out. First first at bat or second at bat or, you know, whatever. First game, he hit a home run. And they're winning. I don't think he was two sheets to the wind. No, but it sounded like good. That's also against the rules in baseball, I'm just saying. Uh, well, ask La Russa. I don't but think these, so. Yeah, oh, God, don't ask him. Don't ask him. Um, but these young guys are are really having, you know, Tatis did the same thing. That's why I brought him up as Mercedes. He did the same thing. You know, he was in getting bashed for how he hit, you know, his home run and he did home run trot and everything else. Um, but, you know, the, some of these young guys are really starting to blossom and take over Major League Baseball. Tatis being one of them. Oh, yeah. Vladimir yes. Guerrero Jr. Uh, up in Toronto. He's hitting over 300 in a year when hitting over 300 is like hitting 400 right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, you got, I think the, the worst team in baseball is hitting like 216 as a team. I mean, that's major league average is usually in the mid two fifties. I think now it's in the, right now this year it's the two thirties. So, you know, but, um, but definitely some, you know, on the uh, base pass, those guys are really playing really well. Um, you know what's interesting, and I don't know if you know this. There are two pitchers that lead the league in wins right now. Do you know who one of those pitchers are, or either of them? Two pitchers that league lead the lead league. the league lead the well, league Degrom, with right? wins at the All Star. Doesn't no. doesn't doesn't Degrom isn't Degrom one nope. of them? He's only got seven wins. I don't think there's anybody. I don't think it's a White Sox player. It's not. I don't think but none of them. The same city. <sighs> Don't say Hendricks. None other than Kyle Hendricks, <laughs> Mr. Mandala. Yeah, speaking of Mandala, Kyle where has that guy been? He's been, like, ghosted. Radio silence. For, for a lot of stuff, it's almost like he's been, his phone was taken away from him. I haven't seen shit on Facebook. I know. I, I, like think, got... I, think, his, I think his wife busted him down and took his phone away and said, you need to be more like an adult and not be a... Jeez. Not... <laughs> so, unfortunately... Which means he might not be even be able to listen to the potato heads. We'll have to find out. I'll have to message him. I'll see what's going on. Yeah, because I would have thought he we, would. We need some crying. I mean, there's unless it's because the Cubs lost 11 straight. Oh, yeah, good and call. He, he is he tucking his head. You know, yeah. You can only I make mean, so many emo- crying emojis one after the other. I mean, 11 or of maybe them. It's, or maybe it's because Kyle Hendricks, which he said was a shitty pitcher, is 11 and 4 right now and one of the hottest pitchers in baseball. Uh, I would but, say good, you know, good call, T Dog. I mean, he's not he's not tearing it up by any stretch. Obviously, wins are not necessarily the way to measure a pitcher. I mean, you want to look at guys that are really tearing it up. You want to look at a guy like Zach Wheeler, of the Phillies, Kevin Gaussman of San Francisco. Which, surprisingly, that's why you know that San Fran's one of the big surprises in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, here's a team that probably was predicted to win at least finish in fourth in in the West. Um, and, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 68 to 72 wins. These guys are on pace to win over 100 games, Ron. And it's, and it's definitely because of the pitching, right? The starting pitching, most certainly. Yeah. Um, you know, Anthony DiScalfini is one of them that's playing really well out there. But so, you know, a lot going well for San Francisco. Big surprise there. The, the Dodgers and Padres, you and I talked about that. We figured they were going to be doing really well in the first half. They're right there in the in the NFC, or NFC, the National League. Yeah. Um, West National League East, another surprise, Atlanta. 
I think a lot of teams or a lot of folks out there figured Atlanta was going to be the the team to beat in the National League East, and they're in there. I mean, that's going to be a tight race down the stretch here. It's going to be, you know, whether the Mets can pull away. Atlanta's only four games back, but still kind of a surprise as many felt that that Atlanta would really hand, you know, take that division pretty yeah, easily. Absolutely. Um and 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 going over to the American League, so we'll talk, you know, Cubs division here in a second, but in the American League East, the Yankees have to be a surprise. Many felt that they were going to run away with that division and they're eight games out behind Boston. Yeah. Right? I mean Boston's playing really well. Tampa Bay's playing fantastic baseball right now. Yeah. Um, out in the West, you got pretty much what you expected. Houston and Oakland, they were expected to be up there. Minnesota, this is a team that's struggling because their pitching has been brutal, right? Kenta Maeda has been been pitching like crap. Yeah, you know, the rest of the starting pitching's been bad. So Minnesota, who they were number one or expected to win the division, the White Sox. Yeah, this was a year they're like, okay, we figure they're going to make it happen. They're on pace to win almost 100 games, Ron. Your boys are really even with the the injuries. Yeah, because you mentioned it. Oh yeah, they've been going through a lot of injuries, right? Oh, tons. It's like yeah. I was telling you the other day that uh, the White Sox sent out like a little picture of one of the guys. So imagine um, a photo of your – I don't even know who it is because I, I don't recognize without their jerseys on, but it's just a headshot, and it's in color. And then every – there's like six guys behind him, headshots, behind him that are in clouds. Like his, their heads are on top of a cloud. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there going, this is like uh, – what did he just come back from heaven? Did he get reincarnated? I mean, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that, you know, six of your players are currently dead? I mean, Joey Gallo's dead. Yeah, but it's Callo with the C. C A L L O. So, you know, from the White Sox perspective, I mean, I don't think anybody, I think, yes, if you had a healthy season, sure, I think you can say that they can compete. But I don't think anybody has seen or has seen this coming with the amount of talent that has been decimated by injuries to come up and, and like I said, next man up mentality and, and mm-hmm. kill it. Like, absolutely. They've had one, um, I think they had like a six-game stretch of losses. Uh, they're currently on a five-game win streak right now. They're eight games in front of Cleveland. And the only thing that's going to happen on the horizon is they're going to get some of their players back. You know, one of them is Jimenez. Yeah. Eloy, Eloy had his first um, rehab and he hits a home run. Uh, here we go. And that's really, yeah, rehab start. that's really where White Sox have actually been doing well with runs is they've been, they've been crushing the long ball. Speak, well, you've I, also got some great starting pitching from Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon. And I mean, these guys have been quality start after quality start, too. Yeah. That's helped. Oh, absolutely. But you still got to score runs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you still got to, people have to, it's not like they're winning like 2 1, dude. Like, they're winning like 7 5, 15 13. Like they're giving up runs too, but they're scoring well, a pile. struggling a bit. Yeah, your bullpen is struggling a little bit. But but overall, you know, you got a strong, where are they at? What are they, eight games? Yeah, yeah eight, games. eight games up right now. I mean, that's a pretty healthy lead. You know, you keep, you stay hot after the All Star break. You make some moves at the trade deadline, which, 
you know, we'll get into some trade deadline talk here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the deadline because yeah. there's going to be a lot to talk about, I'm thinking. And part of the reason there's going to be a lot to talk about is because the Cubs are going the opposite direction yeah. than what the White Sox are doing. And remember, we talked about this. We said, cool. what is the worst case or the best case scenario, depending on how you look at it, for the Chicago Cubs in the month of July? We knew that June was going to be tough. We knew that, right? Yeah. What we didn't know is that July was going to be just as bad. I mean, they actually came out of June relatively relatively okay, and then they go and they lose 11 straight games, and, you know, they're just, you know, and they have been in the games too. I think six or seven of them are by one run. It's not like they haven't been competitive. They just have not been able to get a W. I mean, it's been brutal. Um, and now you're at that point where – the Cubs, who many were like, "Wow, maybe the Cubs are going to be buyers." That almost certainly they could have be been. I mean, they could have been right. All we, you we had talked to do, about you think about it. Even if you went five hundred over the, even when you if you went six and five or six and six over the last twelve, you know you're not. What are they now? Uh, how many games out are they? Well, they're eight games Shit. out. They're eight seven games and out. Yeah, there's. They are seven and a half games back just from the wild card. They're two and eight over their last ten. They lost yeah. one. They finally got a win. And there are minus twenty four in differentials. Runs scored in four. Which they were the only team in the central on the positive end for a while there until Milwaukee went on their big winning streak. Right. Milwaukee's been hot. Yeah, and won a bunch of games. Absolutely, and now, and now Milwaukee has starting to come back down to earth. But correct, because you know, they've Cubs lost are, three in a row. Yeah, but the Cubs haven't been able to, you know, break out of their funk. And there's nothing really. There's no. There's no depth on the team in order to to keep this ball rolling. Um, you talk about them being seven and a half out of the wild card. I think it's pretty safe to say you can put your paycheck out there that more than likely the wild cards are coming out of the West. Okay, we pretty much can can call that done. Yeah, I mean Cincinnati might try to have something to say about that, or you know whoever does actually win the win the central if Milwaukee and Cincinnati start getting hot. But the Cubs, you know, you can't think wild card. You have to leap three or four teams in order to do it. Mm-hmm. The closer you get to the All Star break and have to do that, the hell of a lot harder it is. Can it happen? Sure, but more than likely not the case. So if the Cubs fast forward, if they're seven, eight, nine games out at the All Star break, they are absolutely selling you're not going to make up that ground with the team that you have nor would you make it up by going out and getting somebody else so that's the unfortunate thing so we're going to have some things to talk about in the next few weeks about what the cubs actually are going to do from a trade standpoint and and one specifically is the all-star game the all-star game is this tuesday home run derby will be tomorrow or, or monday when Monday morning couch potatoes is hitting the airwaves. Nice. And then the all-star game will be Tuesday. And I think we kick back off Thursday or Friday is when we kick off the next, you know, essentially, which will be about a two and a half week run up to the actual all-star or uh, trading deadline, which is July 31st. So wow, that's coming up that, pretty fast. Yeah. Right. So that, that podcast of ours, that, which I believe what is what's the date today? Today's the eleventh. Yeah, today's the eleventh. So, okay, so it actually is going to be. We may actually need to. Um, the, well, the one we do on the twenty fifth, we'll probably have some good good nuggets. But we may actually have to do maybe a uh, 
Saturday night uh, one. Get, yeah, maybe a Saturday one just to kind of have that one come out Monday so we can talk about the trade deadline. We may not have to. We'll see. But we'll, we'll definitely. Uh, well, unle- unless we'll it's proven our point, like, right? Unless we're pro- unless the Cubs yeah. are going to prove our point, which is. Well, but again, the Cubs could also go on a 10-game winning streak, and all of a sudden they're back, you know, three games out of first with the Brewers, and now you're cha- You know what I mean? I mean, that's how quickly it can change. Yeah. The next two weeks are obviously going to be the tail, but you think about it, is Jed Hoyer like, okay, good. Thank God we suck now because then people won't chastise me for trading away Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, you know, Craig Kimbrell. I mean, this is a guy who's definitely going to be in the discussion, you know, for the trade. I mean, he's for a reliever yeah. halfway through the season. His his pitcher war wins above replacement is at two. <laughs> That's pretty damn good for a reliever. That may even be... That's got to be one of the highest ones. TJ Antani from Cincinnati. So Kimbrell's got one of the highest wins above replacement in Major League Baseball for a relief pitcher. And he's a free agent, right? So, I mean, somebody's going to probably make a pretty big pitch to the Cubs. Oh, absolutely. To bring to bring in uh, him to close. But it's going to be fun. Interesting first half of the season. I've, heard, the, a, I've heard a rumor, break, and I don't so. know if you've heard this or not. Oh, that sounded good. That wasn't it? me. No. That wasn't me. What um, have I heard? What rumor? I've heard some rumor out there on the ether about Bryant possibly going to the White Sox. Chris Bryant to the White Sox, huh? What do you think about that? I think uh, I don't think we need him. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> he could stay right where he's at. He's a nice guy and all, but I mean, I, I, somebody had mentioned it, um, out there on the internet and I'm like, what's wrong with him? What, what's, what, what do you mean? He's just, why is he just a nice guy? Well, you know, and then he, if he needs slump busting every once in a while, I'm sure. Well, where, where are you guys? I'm assuming you guys, you would probably be looking at him playing left field because you're not going to, I mean, Makata plays third, right? Well, you know, as we were talking about it, so right now our um, we have some injuries. Obviously, Grandel's out for ten, uh, IL for ten. Uh, Jake Lamb, first baseman, out. Um, Mandergrill is out for sixty days. Second baseman, third baseman is also can be used by Jake Lamb, but it's Makata. He it doesn't show that he's out unless he got injured today. No, Mancata's. So, I mean, if there's talks about, here's the thing about Bryant, dude. He can play just about anywhere, you know, obviously except for catcher and and pitcher. But if you if you need a first base, he's probably a better first baseman than he is a third baseman. Believe it or not, that's yeah. the sad thing. Yeah, enough. he's a, he's actually a, got a great glove at first base. He, he can play left field. He can play right field. He can play center field if you need him to. He's not going to be covering a ton of ground for you in center. He can play the corner outfield spots pretty well though. And he can also DH. I mean, I know you got Abreu, but you can have Bryant DH against the left-handers if you wanted to, because Abreu is a lefty, I believe. Yeah, he's so righty. You, can, you know, you get him over. Abreu is? I yeah. thought he was a left-hander. But anyway, you, you get him into an AL team, there's a lot. You can move him a lot. You can yeah. have him DH. You can have him play the outfield. You can have him play third first. Um you know, he's not going to play a ton of second or short. He won't be doing that too much. But nonetheless, it's still a he's, a he's a great fit. And he's actually, you know, you take away. That's the one thing I don't understand about the hate towards Chris Bryant. 
you take away last season and the beginning of this season, yeah, he's, he's and he's actually yeah. pretty pretty damn good player. I mean, I mean, yeah, granted, he burst onto the scene. He had his rookie, uh, rookie of the year, and then he won the MVP, and he kind of just didn't live up to that billing as much. But he still hit, you know, he's hitting thirty something home runs a year, and up and, and he, yeah, he's got some injuries. So he's a ver- yeah, there. sure. So he's a versatile player. I mean, the White Sox yes. could use him. You're absolutely right. You got Lewis Roberts who, who's still out. You've got Jake Lamb out. You've got Nick Mandrigal out. You've got um, uh, Grandel is out, and then you throw in Aaron Bummer is out, and Evan Marshall is out. You have all these injuries. You could use a guy like Bryant, right? I mean, next man up mentality is only going to work for so long, right? I mean, you're going to have so many opportunities for um, you're going to have so many opportunities for you know these players to come back in. You know how many how many more times are you going to roll the dice with you know a kid that's playing well in the minors? Bring him up. How you know you could go after Chris Bryant, especially if the Cubs keep faltering <laughs> yeah which they probably will i mean the white Sox, they can they can afford them but and you know what's funny is that the cubs white Sox do have a relationship you know what i mean they've traded players i mean i remember when the white Sox traded sammy sosa over to the well, cubs you, you just talked about one of them elo Jimenez. yeah well, he, he used to be ours there you go so, it, but anyway, we'll have tons of good trade stuff to talk about, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good couple of weeks. We have a uh, interesting. We have an interesting, you know, a couple of little things we want to talk about before we bounce off. But I want to just throw this out there real quick. This is KTIT KTIT playing the breast are the best tunes in town. Well, you got KTIT. Speaking of KTIT. Or really speaking of tit, I know you didn't want to talk. We got NHL hockey, but I want to throw this out there. What's your feeling? <laughs> What's your feeling about the New Zealand weightlifter Hubbard to become the first transgender athlete to compete in the games? You have any any thoughts at all? Does it is it because it's the Olympics? You don't really give a shit. And and the only reason why I bring this up, so I'm going to contrast. We I want to contrast contrast. These two things. You have a male who's transgender as a female and is now competing in a female event. And then you have a female runner for the United States who has now uh, been asked to not participate in the Olympics because they had found marijuana, I guess, in her bloodstream. So when you're talking about uh, marijuana in the bloodstream. I guess they were they're saying that it's a, you know, it's a uh, product that is, you know, that should not be in your bloodstream. Maybe it's enhancing <laughs> marijuana makes you run faster. I guess. I mean, who knows? Is is it not the same though? When <laughs> marijuana you... makes you run faster if you're running from the cops, but that's the only time it makes you run faster. <laughs> but is it? Otherwise, I know. But is no. it? Is it not, not? You know, this person that's 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 doing the weightlifting. Uh, having excessive amounts of testosterone in your because you produce it naturally is is not a that's not a problem. Okay, so you want my opinion on that? Well, I just want your thought. I'm going to tell, 
I'm going to tell you my opinion is I think it's straight bullshit. Yeah. Period. And I know that there's people out there that think otherwise, and I know there's people that support it, and there's controversy around it and everything else. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm sorry, but a female should not be playing in a male sport and vice versa unless, okay, unless that is what the sport is. If it's a co-ed sport and, you know, we're talking about Title IX and everything else, you know, yeah. You know, that's was the big thing about, you know, females, blah, blah, blah. But if it's if there is a female basketball team and a male basketball team, that's who should be playing on those teams. If there is only a male basketball team and is a female, you want to play on that team? By all means. No problem. And same thing, vice versa. If that's what the sport wants to allow. But if there is in the Olympics, if there's female weightlifting and male weightlifting, it absolutely should be separated, whether you were a female before or after. That's where I'm at. I know it's not the most popular opinion, but it's mine, and I'm going to go with it. No, I like the opinion. I I just feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna ban somebody for taking um, for taking some type of drug that they shouldn't have in their body, well. If you're going to say that you're a female, but you were born a male, well, then that same drug would be testosterone. So you would want to do blood tests to see if their testosterone levels are high, which would then give them a an advantage just in general over the females, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to ban testosterone or anything else, PEDs or whatever, from baseball and everything else, how can you not how can you not sit there and say, I I, I totally respect that you want to be a female. Totally get it. But I can't have you compete as a female though. Because technically because you you have biologically biologically you biologically have, you're a male. Biologically you're male in the sense of that you have testosterone flowing. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not like female don't have testosterone flowing. Okay, there's some testosterone females long and estrogen. You know, obviously that's what separates the sexes. You know, men generally have more testosterone than estrogen and vice versa for women. But if you were to take a woman and measure her testosterone and it's higher than what is anticipated or what is likely to be in your system, then you would say that they're doing some type of PED. Mm -hmm. And you would ban them for that substance, whatever that substance could be. So that that's the only thing that's a little crazy. It's driving me a little nuts. But, you know, speaking of crazy and speaking of of nuts, I got this. Oh, tell me you got a Lance Armstrong quote. <laughs> I got this Lance Armstrong speaking quote. Speaking of nuts. <laughs> uh, one nut. Or nut. No, I've got this. Uh, so we, we do want to throw out, uh, we're talking NHL hockey now. We do want to throw out a congratula- congratulations to the Tampa Lightning for taking it back-to-back years for the Stanley Cup championship, both in a COVID-shortened seasons. So they took it. They took it home. I do want to ask you this, because I know you're not a huge NHL uh, 
follower. I mean, you watch it, but you're not, you know, you're not. This is kind of boring when we talk about it, but I think this would pique your interest just a little bit. So you know how NFL has a cap. Baseball has, well, they don't really have a cap, but they get hit with a lot of money, fees and stuff. Most mm-hmm. teams, NHL has a cap as well. But because they pay the players through the regular season, okay, Kucherov was actually injured for most of the last two, a couple of months leading into the playoffs. So because he was able to be placed on IR, um, Tampa Bay was able to pick up some extra players to, to offset his cap space, which was an $18 million hit. So they were able to pick up a couple players to cover his injury and, you know, allow the team to to progress without him, right? Mm -hmm. So once the season's over, theoretically, there's no cap. The players play postseason games with no salary. Now they probably they may have bonuses and stuff like that depending on how far they get but they don't get paid salary. So Kucherov was able to come back in cuz his injury then got better and he was able to come back in for the playoffs. So I think he ended up coming in like I don't know, second, third game or of the of the first round or second round or whatever it was. So now and and still use the guys they picked up, which means that Tampa Bay was over the cap, over the normal cap of $18 million. So this has been a normal thing for the NHL. Do you think, and you're a big numbers guy, do you think that should be allowed in the playoffs or not? Well, I think it should, and it is. I mean, even in Major League Baseball, they do something similar, right? If a player is injured and they're put on um, the IL, they call it. They used to call it the DL, disabled list, but now they call it the injured list because apparently, I don't know, disabled people were upset by them calling it that, (laughs) I suppose. Or maybe the players were upset at being calling disabled, whatever. In today's world, it's you can't say anything. But the injured list... If you're placed on that list, you still count against the team's 40-man roster. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and and if 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 not, then you have to be you have to be designated for assignment. So it, it you will still count towards the salary and everything else. If you're placed on, uh, but there's no cap in baseball, right? So it's a little bit different. But ultimately, sure. to handle the injury is the same. To whereas if you want to open up a spot on your 40-man roster, you have to put that player on the 60-day. Okay, like. Nick Madrigal, Madrigal, I can't even say his freaking name. Madrigal is on for the White Sox. Madrigal. So the White Sox are able to fill that roster position. Now, let's say they trade for somebody. Let's say they trade for a great second baseman, and um, Nick comes back before the season ends, or even for the playoffs. As long as that player they got in his stead is on the 40-man roster prior to, I believe, September 1, they both can be on the playoff roster. So, you know, there's different ways that they do it in baseball. I know the NFL's got their own ways to so teams aren't, you know, kind of manipulating the injury and things like that. But it's not unusual to see, and I think that 
that's probably why you see it in hockey as well. Sure, but should it be addressed though? Is do you feel I, that it it is a problem or potentially could be? I, now, don't get listen, me wrong. Here, hold on. Listen, it's hard enough to get to the playoffs, let alone win in them, right? So it's not as if the the Lightning were purposely having him on the bench and would fill him with somebody else thinking, well, at least we'll have you back for the playoffs. It it's there's nothing's guaranteed, right? So they can't you can't gamble when it comes to something like that. Yeah. You know, you got if Kucherov's the guy and he needs to be in there, then you have him in there. If he's hurt, then you get him out. You know, and part of the reason in the salary cap world and even in the non salary cap world, because baseball does the same thing. You know, there are rules that help teams um you know, put their players on a, in a position where they can fill their spot with somebody else without taking either potentially a financial hit or a hit on the rules on how big their roster is supposed to be. Well, I think, I think the, what was brought up was the possibility of, did he stay out longer than he should have to use those rules for Tampa Bay versus against Tampa Bay? Because if he would have came back in the season, those guys would have had to have been either um, they would have been option, option, yeah, something. Somebody would have to make room for him, right? Not those guys, but one person. Somebody, there's eighteen million dollars you got to play with because he would be back on the roster and say those guys come. Oh, so when that money comes back, I got you. Yeah, I got you. So you know, Um, do do you tell it? Do you tell a guy, hey, you know, your knee injury, yeah. You should be back by next week, but let's play it safe. Why don't you come back in the playoffs? <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? Because what if what if they don't make the playoffs because they went on a ten game losing okay. streak because they didn't it's have him Tampa in there. Bay? It was Tampa Bay. They know they're in the playoffs. I'm just using but, that as the example right now. Well, yeah. What if? Yeah. What if you grew hair? Yeah. What if you shaved oh. your beard? We already know photos of that. It's pretty gross. <laughs> My point, though, is, you know, did they Pretty did they play gross. by the rules to their advantage to then benefit themselves come playoff time because that's what teams do? Or did they take advantage of it or not? That's what I was wondering from your point. But speaking of him, I've got a little clip from Post winning it. Oh, this, oh, this is going to be good. I just know it. I do, too. From the lightning, we have Nikita Kucherov. Media, please athletic raise your hand if you have a question. We'll start with Joe Smith. He's athletic. chugging a bear. He just Joe, let's hear it. <laughs> just, let's uh, how would you describe your congratulations? Uh, how would you describe your emotions right now after doing what you guys did? I, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's a fucking back to back, and yeah, you know, I I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and to be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you MVP. You, you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas. The Vezina. Whatever the guy in Vegas. And then last year, they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Wasi took both cups. You know, he took MVP. And I was keep telling him, he's MVP. He's the guy that fucking, <laughs> he's the best. So basically... People were saying he probably did a couple lines of coke, <laughs> and he was drunk out of his mind. And uh, you can't listen, Mark Andre Fleury. Even if he didn't play for the Vegas Golden Knights, 
deserves more credit than whatever that guy is in in Vegas. Whatever that guy in Vegas has been well, playing. He doesn't even he didn't even know what planet he was on, let alone who the fuck the goalie is for Vegas. I get it, but at the end of the day, though, you're you're an NHLer. You know who you're playing against, or who you're not playing against. You know that uh, Mark Andre defeated you soundly in 2019, two to one, baby. I was at that game. A little sour there, Ron. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Well, you know what? His goalie didn't win the Vesna. Okay, the. Mark Andre Fleury. Let's make that very clear to uh, Kucherov. Is that how you say his name? Whoever that fucking guy is in Tampa Bay, whatever his name is, Mark Andre Fleury. Okay. Now, will he be back next year? You know, I can't wait to actually have um, a conversation with you in the future on this. You know, uh, dilemma that the Golden Knights are going to have over the next you know three to four months to get prepared for the next season, but. You know, they've got $12 million in cap hit on two goalies. One of those two, you know, that's a lot. Trust me, that's a lot. But one of those two are going to, uh, they're going to go bye-bye, I think. But, yeah, you know, I'm just, like I said, I there's some things that have been kind of bothering, bothering me. And uh, bottom line is I do have a friend, though. I have a friend out there that used to play some baseball. Not professional or anything, but I think college or whatever. That I'm gonna have to get him on. Uh, he's, you know what? He's really into. He's from Seattle, and uh, he's a guy that uh, super nice guy. But he he follows some serious college football, and I think that'd be a nice uh, take on bringing somebody in once that college football season starts. As you know, we can't watch everything, guys. This might be Monday morning couch potatoes, but. You know, we're trying to hit three markets and when football season's in play. Now, that's going to be our meat and potatoes, if you know what I mean. And we're going to we're gonna actually come with it hard, not soft or limp biscuit. Tito. Oh, man, sometimes the things that you say really turn me on. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I know what else turns you on is mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Well, yes, I'll, just to get back to the normal shit, yes, congratulations to Tampa Bay. I think, you know what, it, I think Price probably finally came down to earth. Was it Carey Price is his yeah, name? Yeah, Carey Price, yep. I mean, he was he was having a pretty good, probably, you know, obviously veteran. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, this is a real first deep run into the postseason. Um, he had played, he was 12-5, and five, I think, going into the finals, and then he ran into the, you know, he played well the last this last game, the game before, but. yeah. Tampa was just too strong early on. So, yeah, congratulations. Lightning strikes twice for Tampa Bay. So you've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to our podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at mmcouchpotatoes.com. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. And the Monday Morning Couch Potatoes podcast is for general purposes only. Thanks for listening. Never tell me the odds. <laughs>